You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited about this episode. It's episode 98. I am so close to the century mark. So close to 100 episodes. And I'm hoping to continue to keep rolling with this thing but we're almost there and I want to thank every single one of you who have listened even if you're just joining here recently I'm thankful for you too but there's something about having a crew with me the whole way so I'm thankful for every one of you guys who have subscribed who have rated and reviewed who have shared the podcast. So many of you guys share this to your Facebook walls. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do it, but you choose to, and it really, really blesses my heart every time I see it. So thank you so much. I really, really hope that every episode we put out there, somebody is encouraged by it. I've tried to have a decent variety of guests over the years and you know, varying topics But the ultimate goal is to build up and encourage the body of Christ to be everything they were created to be, to remind you that the kingdom of God is inside of you and you carry so much power. The Bible says that the kingdom is not a matter of talk, but of power. So there's something amazing going on inside of you. And I want to be the kind of guy that's going to help push you forward and remind you of that on a regular basis. So thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the help promoting this podcast and getting this thing moving. Very, very honored to have you in again. Today's episode I'm very excited about. I got to have on again my my pastor, Devin Leichner, and I want to brag on him just for a second. I know I'm biased because I'm a part of his flock. I'm a part of his church, but I am super proud of my pastor. Like very, very proud of my pastor. I think for a long time, for most of my Christian walk, I have been craving and I have been desiring to have a a true pastor in my life. I'm not here to downplay anybody that I've had or anybody that I've sat under, but my heart has longed to respect and honor a pastor in my life. And it took a long time. <laughs> it took a long time to find that in my life. I've made mistakes in ministry. I've shared that before on this podcast. I've, you know, stepped in places I shouldn't have stepped in and said things I shouldn't have said. And I've, you know, tried to do maybe more than I was anointed to do in ministry. But all the while, I have loved the church and I've desired to have a pastor in my life that I could glean from and that I could 
ultimately grow under. And so Pastor Devin Leichner is that for me and my family, and he has dedicated his entire life to this. I really, really believe in the fivefold ministry gifts that the Bible lays out, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I believe in all of those gifts. The Bible says that Jesus gave those gifts to the church for the perfecting of the saints, to encourage them and to push them on to good works, to train them and equip them. And when you when you have, have been longing for that pastor in your life and you haven't had it, I believe there's a, a there's some direction that's been missing in my life. And so I honor this man so much. I honor him so much and I, I honor the gift on his life and I'm just thankful to be a part of his flock and I'm thankful to have him on this show. So all that to say, I don't want, I hope I didn't bore you with that. For those of you who aren't, you know, <laughs> aren't experiencing that, I'm sorry, but I, I want you to know that it's there and it, it is out there. Like God has anointed men to lead congregations, to lead flocks, to pastor people. And it's worth the search and it's worth the effort and it's worth the patience to find the one for you. And I love this man dearly. I would take a bullet for this man. Let's not test that theory, but I, I would. I truly would. He's given his life for, for my family. And I just, I, I really believe that I would, um, I would give my life for him. I'm thankful and I'm, I'm very, very honored to, to be in his, in his family. So with that, I hope you guys are blessed by this episode. We're going to talk about establishment, being established, mature believers in the body of Christ, why that's important and how to get there. So I, I just believe you're going to get so much from this. I want to encourage you again. For those of you who have not done it, please do so right now. Open up your iPhone. Maybe you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. And while you're on there, you can do it. You can leave this thing running. Leave this show, this episode playing right now. And at the same time, rate and review the podcast. Give me a five-star rating and review this puppy. It helps. It really, really does help. It just gets the show out there to more and more people. If you're listening to me on Spotify, you can follow. It's the same thing. Give me a five-star rating on there as well. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the channel. I'd like to get to 100 subscriptions on YouTube. That would be fantastic as we're leading up to 100 episodes. So let's do this. And remember, you can support by going to kingdombringer.com, checking out the blogs, all the podcast episodes, and you can go to the store and buy yourself some merch, a hat, a shirt, a coffee mug, whatever you want, buy it. It goes to growing this podcast and growing the work of the kingdom. So I thank you so much for all of your support, all of your love. I love you back. Thank you so much. Enjoy this episode. It's episode number 98 established for the shaking with Pastor Devin Leichner. Be blessed. Devin Leichner, how are you doing, sir? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm always blessed 
been honored to to have you on. I, I thank you for Same. everything that you are, man, to to my community, my family, and uh, thank you for taking time. I, ha- I heard you Absolutely. had a you had a busy day. Most most pastors do have a busy day, but active day, <laughs> active day. You learn it. That's good. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Well, man, you uh, you just got off a series that you preached, a uh, four part series entitled "How to Grow a Christian." And it was talking about the importance of being a church that encourages and promotes the establishment of the people, right? right? Not just, not just wanting us to be pew sitters, not just wanting us to, to feelies and, and feel good not, about everything not, and drink coffee together and fellowship, yep. mm-hmm. but about being established in yes. the house of God, being established as, as a people of God. And, uh, I'll tell you this, I think I shared this with you, but I felt I felt a real sense of urgency coming mm-hmm. coming out of you, especially sure. the last couple parts of that. It, I I kind of felt like it was a call to arms a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where did this message come from for you? Like, what was what was the Lord speaking to you during this um, preparation for this this messages? Sure. And like, why 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 did you feel like this was something that you needed to preach on? Well, first off, I, I was, the Lord spoke to me about the church being like a one room schoolhouse where you've got, you know, from like the late 1800s where they had kindergartners in with eighth graders. And so I was thinking about the entire congregation and how the modern church is bent on trying to keep and constantly win this, the established believer, like, you know, uh, impressive revelation, which you should always have revelation. You know, the word of God is a, a two-edged sword because you have, you know, the, the spoken word of God and the revelation, you know, the revelation of the word of God too. Um, and in doing that, I feel like a lot of churches neglect the, the new believer. And if you're a growing church, you've got a lot of new believers. That's, that's what we want. We want to win new people to the kingdom that's taking territory in the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, and so uh, God was just speaking to me more or less about all the new believers that were in the house. And I don't want to ever get too, I guess, too deep uh, to where we're not taking care of the kindergartners of the faith. And then I, I just studied, you know, a lot about how uh, the book of Titus, you know, it tells us a lot about, uh, the older raising the younger and helping them. And so I was, the Holy spirit spoke to me. If I were to think about a believer that is that I could put in the spiritual ring and fight the devil, what would it be? And the Holy spirit just gave me that word established. Mm -hmm. If, if someone's established, um, then they understand some things. They know how, they know how to fight. They know how to speak scripture. They know how to use praise and, uh, you know, a formula for establishment basically. And so that's where it came from. And then, you know, I can, talk a little bit about what I think establishment is too. Well, I think that you, I mean, you, you guys live this out well in the church and we're as a family, we're fairly, fairly new. Um, and that you guys have been established, established for Mm -hmm. what, 35, 35, 35 years here in two weeks. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, what a beautiful thing. I think you talked about this a lot on, on one of the episodes you were on, but the way that you run the youth ministry in the church, you've got these, you're raising up these children to the children's ministry up through the youth. 
Yep. And then you, not not trying to sound like we use them, but we recycle them back into the the ministry functioning of right. the of the church. Yeah. And as a as a father with youth, you know, I've I've got Ashton's a part of the youth group, and she's now being ministered to by established adults who right. came up through that youth ministry. Yeah. And how how many how many uh, adult volunteers do you have working with? Wait. Currently, that's around 55, uh, and most of those were, a great percentage of those were students within the youth group that yeah. came up there in the leadership. And being in it for 30 years now, we're at the point where we're kind of graduating out some of our older established leaders that have been in it for 30 years and then bringing in, you know, some some yeah. newer to make room because, you know, uh, we like to try to keep, you know, like a one to three at least ratio with, with the right. students. But and. It's true. Your your children's ministry should feed your youth ministry, and the youth ministry should feed the church. And um, established believers training up leaders, you know, that's discipleship. You know. Yeah. So you're doing this. I mean, you're you're doing this very thing that you're preaching on, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 beautiful, and that's why it works. And I think that's why this probably hit so well. Yeah. As a sermon, because we all got it. You know, we right. all see it. It wasn't some foreign thing. It's like, oh, that's. Sure that's why we do what we do. Right. Right. That's why we're doing the thing that you're preaching on. Right. And I feel like this message wasn't, this message wasn't an instruction on how to do that. It was an instruction as to why we do it. And that's what I thought was, was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the things that you, and we will get into like some, some definitions of like uh, establishment, but I wanted to talk about a, a phrase that the, that, I wrote down during your message was established for the shaking because Mm -hmm. you talked about how years ago the church was real big on, you know, there's going to be a shaking. There's going to be a shaking Mm -hmm. in America. God's going to shake. God's going to shake. And it's, it's true. Mm -hmm. And he, he would move and there'd be shakings and it would wake people up sometimes very temporarily, but they'd come running back to the church. Right because they wanted shelter and they wanted a place to maybe gather their thoughts as to what was going on. And, but that, that shaking, it's something, and and you, you hit on this, but it's something that we experience as, as human beings, we experience it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like shakings happen in our lives all the time. And there's, there's big shakings and there's little shakings, right? Like when cancer comes, you you can speak to that shortly. When cancer comes into your life or divorce hits or your child strays away from the Lord, those are those are bigger shakings that happen where you need some answers and you need some stability. Right. And then there's like there's the little things, you know, like trying to make a sale at work, you right. know? Sure. And you're struggling with making a sale or someone backs into your car at Walmart. You know, and it's those, it's those little shakings that I feel like something that the Lord kind of revealed to me during this was those shakings happen. And if you're not established, you're going to adjust to those shakings. Mm-hmm. You're going to make adjustments in your life. Right. Based on the shakings, not based on the word of God. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so in your, in your, in your opinion or your mind, What's the shakings that you that you've experienced or that you see maybe in the body of Christ that 
right. rock people a little bit. Sure. Well, to start, what I was kind of getting at in the beginning of that message was that we used to say there's coming a shaking and I heard great men of God, even my father said at times there's a shaking coming and then desert storm came mm. and people filled the house because wow, America's being shaken or what, you know, we want to, let's get close to God, you know? Yeah. And then the house emptied back out as it always does, you know, September nine 11, you know, that whole yep. thing, the house filled up again. We saw yep. this surge, these shakings would come periodically and uh but now i was saying we're living in a time where it's pretty much a shaking monthly or weekly within yeah. our nation or the world and so we're we're living in times where you can't walk by sight you got to walk by faith because there's shaking uh on a global level so when you think about that scripture uh in in luke 648 where uh jesus gives the you know the whole comparison between someone builds their life on the sand and someone builds their life on on the rock i believe there's two types of shaking there's the one that affects you that's in the world you live in a bigger you know type shaking yeah. like march 2020 shaking yeah. everybody was shaking churches were shaking there's a shaking what do we do and then there's secondly the personal shakings like you're talking about yeah uh that every believer is it goes through shakings, whether they're small or whether they're large. Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. We're tried, we're tested, um, and and so in that, I think in in Luke six forty eight, Jesus was painting a picture of those two lifestyles we live in. One one life builds his house on the sand, and that represents the things that will slip through our hands. They're not eternal. We yeah. live our lives trying to build our ourselves on our riches. Uh, what we can gain, you know, what we can get in life. And those things are not eternal. So the, the scripture bears out those things will pass away. Uh, but then he talks about the one who builds his life on the rock. And I believe that rock is, is twofold. Uh, the foundation of your life, the rock is Jesus. Um, the Bible describes him as the cornerstone. Um, and he is the word. You know, first John tells us that he's the word. So he's the rock. He's the word. So we build our life on the rock and we build our life on the word of God. And then secondly, about that rock, Jesus spun around to Peter in the scripture and said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Speaking of the foundation, like Luke 6, 48, Jesus said, build on the rock, build your foundation. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church in the gates of Hades or our gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, not that Peter was a rock. It was the revelation that Peter had just given Jesus right. that he right. was saying he'd build on. He's saying, Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus spun around and said, Peter, on this rock, I That's will right. build my church. So the revelation that you understand that you build your life on Jesus Christ and the word of God, which are one and the same. Yeah. Um, he that's, is the answer to the question that I just asked. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, and they're the same. Jesus is the rock. He is the word. And, and uh, that's the foundation that we build on for when these shakings come, whether small personal or whether world affecting, yeah. we don't walk by sight. We listen with a different set of ears. We look with a different set of eyes because we're built on the word of God. We look to the word of God, not to the news, not to what That's they right. say is coming. We, we trust in the word of God. And there's That's more right. to be said about that in establishment, but yeah, basically that's well, what I was talking about. And I, I, I like how that 
that verse to me, I remember when I dug into that verse a long time ago, and one of the main things that came out of it for me was we're the ones that build the house. Mm. Like a lot of times as Christians, we think that, you know, this grace, 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 there's no work involved, right? Mm-hmm. He, he literally says, you're going to build your house on this or on this. Right. And I feel like as a, as a husband and a father, it takes me back to that, you know, as for me and my house, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to yep. build on this right here. And I think, right. you know, part of being established is the work that yeah. you put into this thing, you know? And no, absolutely. I think that, I think that's a, while some people might hear that and think that that's a, you know, work-based theology or whatever, I take it as, as freedom. Like God is right. giving me permission right. to build my house and to build my family and to build my community on right. one of two things. You know? Yeah. The shaking's coming personally yeah. or globally or nationally. So right. what, what are you going to build on? That's right. Yep. You want to be so, established. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about being established. Cause I think being established doesn't just happen. Right. Right. You don't just, you don't just invite Jesus into your heart and boom, you're established. You know, you might be saved, but you can easily be uprooted the first gust of wind or ground trimmer or whatever. Right. And you don't just, you know, another thing I thought of was like, you don't just move to Washington DC and then all of a sudden you're established in politics. Right. Right. You don't just yeah, true. you don't just open a storefront and immediately you're established in the marketplace. Like right. there's a what to you, what is like the establishing? What is the establishment process? You actually think there's a a formula for this? Yeah. Thing. I think there are there are three important things that will will gain you that establishment. But first off, I, I think to be established, like when a company says and I said this in my message that they've been established since 1968. Yeah. What they're saying is, is we know some things about this. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can go get a burger from that little place over there, or you can go to the one that the sign says since 1968, we know how to cook this stuff. Uh, or it could be a service. Uh, yeah. You know, we've done this. We've sold cars since 1968 or or, you know, and they've any probably of that. changed their menu a few times since then. Right. Right. Like they've yeah. perfected this thing. They've actually yeah. failed a few times. Probably. Yes. Yes, they have. <laughs> and so uh, we don't build. My thing is, I don't feel like we build established believers anymore in the modern church culture. We we too many Christians, they only have information and and. And I preached a series called The Big Picture because I was talking about how people have a little piece of the puzzle here and there about faith, but they don't know how to put it all together yeah. and form the whole puzzle. You know, so they know, uh, you know, that Romans tells me that God loves me. Nothing shall separate me from the love of God. I know that. So they go to church and they go to these, you know, uh, one hour services once a week and they get a little bit of information, you know, a little bit of information. I know that God heals I know that praise is probably important. Prayer is probably important. And, and, and so, but they're not what I would call established believers, you know? So they, they, they don't follow that whole model that I'm about to get into of the formula establishment. This is why the Bible doesn't call us Christians. It calls us trees of righteousness. So you can't uproot an Oak tree. It's an established 
thing. That's that's what the word of God is getting at. So it's been through some stuff. Established means to be fixed, settled, and recognized. Wow. Okay, so we got these believers that come to church and we fill up, you know, houses, you know, four and five times on a Sunday morning. But I, I guarantee you that if you were to interview people walking out of all those five services different, I'm not saying that growth's a bad thing. I'm just yeah. saying we're mass producing. Yeah. What I would not call trees of righteousness or oaks of righteousness. Um, they're they're not recognized. That's that's an, a synonym of established. And that is like when the sons of Sceva ran out and tried to cast out a bunch of devils. Mm-hmm. And they said, we adjure you in the name of Paul, so, you know, or whatever, uh, of whom Paul preaches is what they said, Jesus yeah. of, of whom Paul preaches. And they said, the demons said, oh, we know Paul is established. He's recognized by us, yeah. but who are you? And yes. then he ripped them to shreds. Yes. They weren't established. They didn't have understanding. They didn't have knowledge. They had a little bit of information. And so I feel like that's kind of what the church is doing is mass producing these, these, uh, I guess, Christians, you'd call them, they identify as Christians, but if you interviewed them on the way out, they probably can't quote five scriptures on their own, right? you know? And so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I can get into too. We, we talked about that scripture, Proverbs 24, three. Yep. I wanted to, cause I, that's actually the first time I'd ever really heard that, that verse. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful thing because building a house is one thing. We just talked about building. Yep. Um, yeah. What is that verse? Proverbs it's 24, three, right? Yes. It basically says wisdom builds a house, but understanding establishes it. Yes. And so this, this is a, what's the difference there to you? Cause we, wisdom's a great word, right? We love that word wisdom. Yep. And it yep. is actually what, what le- wisdom can lead you to the Lord. Or, or lead you to the right decision. Right. What's the difference between that and understanding? You know, wisdom actually is interpreted favor. And so you, you get favor, you know, with you gain favor, you know, from someone for lumber and gain favor from someone for, you know, shingles and you, you can build a house, wow. you get favor, but then yeah. understanding is what establishes it you gotta understand how to put all that together that's good so here's where i go with this and i i kind of big sometimes on formulas so people understand it this is a separate formula but i use this all the time with with christians information is where they start with christians so you go to church on those you know you know one hour services and you you get some information and people love to stop at information oh yeah i understand the bible says this the bible says that or uh, they go to that service and they kind of call it good, but they can't fight. They can't win. They don't understand how to establish their houses in faith. Right. And so they, they get their butts kicked. They can't quote five scriptures. Like I said, information produces knowledge. That's the second thing. When you get into knowledge, now you're getting into faith because for instance, the Bible says to him who knows to do good. In other words, you understand you should do it this way. The scripture says, you know, to do good and doeth it not to him. It is sin. Why? Because he knows he has some knowledge about the scripture. And matter of fact, Hosea four, six says that my people are destroyed because they have a little bit of information, but they don't have knowledge. The knowledge helps me understand what my faith is. So once you get to knowledge, then the third thing becomes understanding. So information produces knowledge, knowledge produces understanding. When you understand, then this is all part of being established. 
What I want to get believers to is you're an established believer. I gave you information. You took that information, made it knowledge, and then that knowledge created understanding. Now I understand because I've seen people healed that Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says that by his stripes I'm healed. Mm -hmm. I understand what James 4, 7, it says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I didn't understand before what that meant. How do I resist the devil? Do I wave my arms at him? No, you speak the word of God and the devil has to flee. He leaves when you speak the word of God. And when you understand things, you can stand like Ephesians tells us, put on the whole, whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand the wiles or the schemes of the devil. So these believers that we're producing, mass producing, they have some information. They got a few pieces. They need to get to knowledge and then to understanding, because when you understand, then you can withstand the enemy. You can understand the power of praise. I understand that's not just a part of, of the service where I'm supposed to lift my hands and sing a couple songs. Yes. This, there's a purpose to that praise. I understand what prayer is and what prayer does, which we can talk about in just a minute. I understand the speaking the word of God. So information produces knowledge. Knowledge produces understanding. Understanding produces faith. Mm-hmm. So when I understand that Isaiah 53, 4 and 5 says, by his stripes, I'm healed. I put my faith in that when cancer comes, like you said, and the shaking comes. And I have faith to speak that word because I walk by faith and not by sight. And finally, when you get to faith, the last part is it produces trust. So now, because I have faith, I trust God when the shaking comes. I don't go by what the world goes by. I trust him through the den. I trust him through the furnace. I trust him through the shaking, whatever it is, the storm that comes against my life. Is Jesus still on the boat? Okay, then we're fine. I trust him. The storm looks horrible. Is Jesus still there? Yeah, he's asleep in the hinder parts of my soul. Then I'm going to be fine because I have faith in him. So that's that's kind of what we do to get. We want to get people established to the trust level. I like that's kind of a roundabout way to say it, but I really feel like in finishing we're mass producing Christians at the information level. Yeah. And they don't understand how to go toe to toe with cancer. That's so good, man. And I feel like people are missing out on, they're not even experiencing the faith, right? Cause they're, they're Mm-mm. petering out before They've they even have a chance. Pieces to, yes. of the puzzle. And if you could put all that together with understanding faith and trust, you can see that's why the scripture says this. That's why I praise. Yeah. That's why I pray. So I can be established. So then I don't see a lot of people like if you if cancer hits you tomorrow, you're not going to run to somebody who just attends one service a week and they got a bit of information. You're going to look for, oh, you know what? I'm going to go to that guy because I know he's established. He knows what he's talking about. How did he get to that? Is he just called because he's a a preacher? No, I'm a believer before I'm a preacher. And it's yeah. my job to know how to fight the devil personally before I ever tell anybody how we're going to fight him on a, a broader scale. That's so so you got to get to establishment. And that's why I want to build a church of not corn husks, not, yeah. not a, a quick harvest that can shoot up. You can even hear in Nebraska, my mom told me you can hear corn grow overnight. Wow. It crackles and pops. It grows so fast and you can get a huge harvest but one hailstorm can knock it over because it's wow. just an informational type harvest. But when yeah. you look at building a church of an orchard mm. of oak trees, trees produce fruit, so, you know, yeah. and that's that's what I want to get to is it just gets me going. When I talk about establishment because it's still kind of on me that 
that's the kind of believer we need. No, that's you know? good. That's good. And I, you know, that the, the faith part, the faith is the action. It's the movement. Like faith mm-hmm. is, is the, the knowledge and the information. You can't even please forward. God without it. That's, that's what exactly scripture right. says. You and know? So if you're, if you're missing out on that part and to the, the, the Bible says that knowledge will puff you up. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I can, I, I can see people getting past that information stage to knowledge and then they just soak in, soaking up all the knowledge and yeah. kind of constipating themselves right because there's no there's no forward motion in faith yeah. well even with, with knowledge and understanding one can go to hell That's the right. bible says even the demons believe and tremble they they That's know right. and they understand but they yeah. can't be redeemed they're outside of redemption but right. but you you even talk to people who have fallen from the faith they they know what the scripture says they might right. want to ignore it and they understand that there's coming, you know, they're at that information, knowledge, understanding there's coming a day when Jesus Christ is coming back, but they haven't got to the faith and trust level. You and know, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be like the enemy to want to uproot those young believers before they get to experience that, that faith that pleases God. That is that the trust whole, that is, yeah. That's the entire reason why Jesus said in the last days, we'll heap to ourselves teachers and people with, you know, itching ears and there's so much stuff online. There's so much, and you can just go and you can stay at information and knowledge and understanding for a lifetime and never get to faith and trust. Yeah. Yeah. So good. That's so good. Let's talk about, let's talk about this formula because Mm -hmm. I do think like that first formula, that first formula you talked about, I think that's a great, a great beginning picture of, of what this looks like. And Mm -hmm. As as we said, the enemy absolutely knows the end result of these processes. Mm-hmm. He knows what happens when we draw closer to the Lord, when we put our trust in him. So he doesn't he doesn't mm-hmm. want us to to finish this race, right? right. And so he's gonna bring the shakings and the storms to try to uproot yeah. these lightly planted <laughs> yeah. individuals before they have a chance to experience faith. And we've got so many young churches in America too, young, youthful, mm-hmm. like planting, right? Church planting all over the place that barely has an established person, let mm-hmm. alone a body of established people. Mm-hmm. And when the shakings come, it's, it's easy to, to see the result and the, the wake that's left behind from those shakings. So let's talk about a formula that, that you really believe is, would you say this is a formula that, that leads you into establishment or is this something that established believers follow or both? I think it's both. Yeah. Right? Cause if you drop one or another at any time, you, yeah. you're, you're in trouble, yeah. you know, but it, it is definitely an elementary, if you look at it type of thing, our formula, but at the same time, it's, it's so deep because you have to understand what each thing does in your life. It's so powerful. It's pretty elementary to know that you have to put gas in your car, right? Right. Yeah. You still have to do it. You do. You have the understanding. That's (laughs) That's why the scripture says, trust in the Lord. That's that final level. That's where you're established and lean not on just the knowledge and understanding. Yeah. That's good. You you retain that, but you yeah. you want to live in the trust. You know, right. I I understand and know the word, 
that's why I trust, you know, that's good. That's good. So let's talk about this formula, man. You had, you had a kind of a three word, uh, prayer, praise and plant talk, mm-hmm. talk to us about prayer and how that can be, um, kind of a, kind of a beginning level, I would yep. say, wouldn't you say like yes. a beginning mm-hmm. level of this, uh, trust relationship that we, that we want to have with the Lord. Yes. Talk about prayer for a little bit. Prayer Bible says, pray without ceasing. So a believer established or a new believer needs to learn to talk to God. And I'm, you know, I've taught young people for 30 years, you know, in, in youth, and I'm still doing it about prayer. Prayer is not a hard thing. You know, uh, new believers or kids that come up, I teach them to pray out loud. Because first off, the scripture does you no good reading it until you speak it. That's where the power comes from. Right. And speaking out loud is a very powerful thing. That's why if the enemy can try, can get you to close your mouth and then he can, he can beat you, you know? So prayer is a, uh, it's a necessary thing for both the established believer because a man that prays will always find his way. And no matter what level you're on, you can't get any further without talking to God. And so prayer is I always tell people and young people too, even giving God a moment in the day, uh, which I always recommend putting on some music and some worship music that drowns out the rest of everything. It's talking about God. It's uplifting your spirit because music also drives away evil spirits. We know that according to the David and Saul scripture, but prayer taking a, a moment in the day. One time God spoke to me and I was in a very busy time of ministry. And he said, five minutes of prayer is better than five hours of ministry work. God wants a moment with you every day. And I'm going to tell you why, because on any level, as you spoke between an established believer or a new believer, prayer, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And if you look at the interpretation of that word avail, it means to open to someone. So already that's open doors, whether it be in your spiritual life, your kids, your your job, your career, uh, whatever it is, open doors, it means to offer to one. In other words, without prayer, there's some stuff that you're not going to get offered, you know, by the hand of heaven, yeah. unless you connect with prayer. Uh, it, it avails much. You know, we, we say, I've heard people tell me all the time, pray for me, pastor. But then established people say, I need some fervent prayers Mm -hmm. because they know that's, that's the one that the scripture says offers to us things that are in the word of God opens the doors. And then the final translation of that avails was my favorite is it grants access. So prayer grants access avails much means to uh, grant access to things that we didn't have before. So I talked about how Daniel and the lions didn't, it granted him that prayer that he got thrown in the den for granted him access to angelic activity that shut the mouths of the lions so good. that he didn't even know he's going to have to face. That's right. You know, at the prayer is it grants access to things that, that we never thought that we could get to, you know, if, if that makes sense. And That's I, good. I, that, that word avail, I, I used to always just look at it as um, it ac- accomplishes much or it right. um, conquers, or it's, it's kind of helps you get a little higher, victor, you know, like yes. it, it gives you victory over or whatever. And that's, right. that's fine. But the word actually, like you said, actually means to make available. Exactly. Right? It yeah, makes, and, a, that, and that changes the game in my opinion. Like that it does when you understand that, that 
the fervent prayer, it availeth, it makes available things that you didn't have. Yeah. You have not <laughs> because you asked. You, you, you asked not, That's right. you know? So even though people are like, well, God said well, I'm supposed to have it. Well, you got to go ask him for it. You That's have good. not because you asked not. The fervent prayer. One of the greatest examples, and I discovered this just a few weeks ago and put this in the series, is Cornelius in the Bible. Yeah. The Bible says he, because of his prayers, read the story. His prayers and his generosity came up as a memorial to heaven mm. and therefore granted him access to angelic activity. And the angel came down and said, Cornelius, because of your prayer and because of your generosity, that's come up before heaven. And we're going to have to do something about your situation. And it's in his favor. Come Obviously, on. if an angel shows up, yeah. God's bringing you an answer. That's right. And his answer was what I taught on weeks ago laying up treasure in heaven translates into not that I'm getting a bunch of gold in heaven someday. You don't even need gold there. That's right. It's that laying up treasure in heaven translates into the thing that you need most here on earth. And what Cornelius needed most was to find out who Christ was. He knew the God of Israel, but he had no idea who Jesus was. And so his prayers granted him access to an angel that came and said, you're going to go somewhere and you're going to learn about Jesus because your soul needs to be redeemed. Now that, the, now that we're in the new covenant, you know? Yeah. So it's powerful. Prayer availeth much. Cornelius was an established believer. So see? Yep. So he needed prayer. Yeah. But then think, think the about Joseph, prayer. think about Joseph being in prison mm-hmm. and what, what prayers he was, he was sending up and what that the favor, yes. right. M- meeting the, meeting the people, the right people in prison that would later, right set him free like things were made of his release was made available through the connections that he was making with people that god also made available to him so yeah yeah, that's that's such a great way to look at and it avails so i tell new believers all the time just remember prayer is not a point in time so sometimes we wait you know daniel waited 21 days the the angel said hey i've been delayed there's a story in the bible where uh, uh where jesus healed and the scripture actually says from that moment, the person he healed began to amend. In other words, didn't get an instant answer, but began to get better little by little. So sometimes prayer avails an open door to us. Joseph, like you mentioned, was in prison for two years. It took yeah. some time, That's right. but there were some doors that were open with his prayers. You know, I, th- I think of David too, being, being anointed king, and he waited, what, 14 years maybe to be, yeah. actually become king? Right. And it says that he was a man after God's own heart. You don't become a man after God's own heart without prayer. <laughs> right? No. Like that's that's no. how you become David was a man of prayers. He wrote yes. his prayers out. He said, I look to the hills from which come with my help. That's not because God is sitting up on the hill. He's up there. So I look to the hills. No, he's saying, I go to the hills that's and so I good. commune with God. That's where my help comes from. My that's prayer. Good. That's you good. know the mountaintop. That's right. Yep. That's so good. So prayer, prayer. yes. If What's you pray, the second one. The, Go ahead. The sec, no, I was just going to say that the new believer that that has only been an information and understanding and knowledge, when they find themselves on their knees, it opens to them the knowledge and the understanding. When you pray, it opens to you the word, and you begin to get understanding. So prayer is so important for the Cornelius is in the body, but then also for that establishment. You need to start praying right away. So let's, let's talk just, just for a minute. Cause I, I, I want to be honest about this. Prayer is something that I've, I've struggled with in my, in my walk at times, because like we mentioned before, it's kind of that elementary level. 
You know, you, you pray to ask Jesus into your heart. We, you know, we pray before we eat, even a lot of secular people understand prayer at that level, right? You pray before a meal, Mm -hmm. before a football game, all that stuff. And as I, there's, there's been times in my walk when prayer was something that I kind of put on the back burner Mm -hmm. in my daily establishment. Mm -hmm. And it became something that I went to out of need instead of out of growing with the Lord. And I've had to, I've had to check myself kind of throughout these little checkpoints of my life where, okay, prayer needs to be more of a priority. It needs to be more of that fueling up your, your gas tank. Right. Yes. Can you, can you talk to us quickly about different types of prayer? Like how, Mm -hmm. like different levels of prayer maybe, Mm -hmm. because I think everybody kind of thinks, and it's a, while it's a valid excuse, the whole, I don't have time thing. And I've heard you say more than I've heard anybody say, it doesn't take a lot of time, right? Yeah. Even this. So talk to yeah. us about, because there are times when you got to be on your face for a right. long time, right? To to, right. to break through. But sure. kind of talk to us, if, if you don't mind, like different types of, of prayer, kind of demystify the, the prayer. You know what I mean? Yep. Daily communication with God. That's just, you know, the relationship you're walking in. I tell young people all the time, they're in a dating relationship, but if you take it to marriage, Stop communicating with your wife and let's see what kind of relationship you have. Yeah. So communicating with God, speaking to him, waiting for him to speak back. That's why the Bible says they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. If you're waiting upon the Lord, you're in prayer. Yeah. You know, so your strength comes from that, from waiting upon the Lord, talking to the Lord. There's, of course, intercession where we're praying for someone else, uh, you know, and, and believe in God for and we go to prayer when we have need. But then I think the one that's neglected the most in the body of Christ is, is uh, Romans 8, 26, I believe it is. It says, likewise, the spirit itself uh, when knows our infirmities and prays through us or prays with groanings that cannot yes. be uttered. It's, speaking, yeah. it's talking about praying in the spirit. Yeah. And so praying in the spirit and being filled with the spirit is uh that's what jude verse 20 says or jude says building yourself up in your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit and i even had somebody approach me sunday tell me that i was wrong that tongues were for yesterday and my answer that shut them down was then why did paul say i pray in tongues more than y'all that's right (laughs) you know so praying in the spirit is the perfect prayer that's another level of prayer when you don't understand where to go matter of fact i was praying for a friend just two days ago and i just spoke his name out and, and then I was like, I don't know what to pray for him. So I'm going to direct this prayer and Holy spirit pray through me. And I've been praying the spirit and that's the Holy spirit praying the perfect prayer through you, uh, you know, for that need. And I often describe it to the young people as, uh, recharging your batteries, praying in the spirit. And so, uh, communication with God, praying in the spirit, of course, intercession, um, there's a warring prayer, you know, where a lot of times when I was going against something huge in my life, I would pray scripture. So I'm, uh, you know, Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Yep. Uh, so when I speak scripture out, not just think about it, but I speak it out, there's an encouragement, a refreshing that comes over me by speaking that scripture. I talked about that in the series too. And, and when I do that, it triggers me to pray for more things. When I speak the word of God, you said, by your stripes, I am healed. So I pray in Jesus name that this pain that I have, you know, so prayer, it's, it's all so important. And I think 
the devil's attack is to get us bit too busy to pray and ministers too busy to pray and take it lightly. And, and then we're not availed very much anymore. We don't see miracles a lot anymore. Well, and I think that as, as Christians, I think a lot of times we do, there is that tendency to to not live out of faith. Right. So Mm -hmm. we, we could spend more time ministering to the people that we see in front of us, ministering to our friends, encouraging our friends, loving on our family, right? Building up our wives and our kids and all these things that we see and neglect the the king that we can't see with our eyeballs, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lot mm-hmm. easier to, and, you know, we, we joked earlier that you said you, you, that you had a busy day, but that's that's the fact that we do expend a lot of energy on things that are right in front of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. And God and our relationship with him, I think we take for granted if we, no, it's true. If we don't, he, he's, he's the one with the skybox view. And that's why the Bible says that his ways are higher than our ways. We're trying yeah. to figure it out on this plane. But when you pray, God's like, this is how I'm going to do it. You know, and he avails that to us, but it's not hard. It, it, it's easier than we think to, to get that prayer life kickstarted. Yep. Right. I think if people were to think on that, that you don't have to take an hour. Yeah. But if you could give God a moment, if you give him a song or two, one thing that I've tried to live by is, is three times a day, like Daniel, if you eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what if you just took five minutes, five minutes and five minutes, mm. and you gave God 15 minutes out of 24 hours, you know, yeah. I, I also, I always talk to the kids about 168 hours in a week. And how much have you given God? Uh, just, just a minute out of that. Yeah. And we, 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 uh, we underemphasize the power of one. One is a huge thing in the scheme of stuff. I mean, one, uh, one man to damn all of humanity, one savior to redeem it, you know, yeah. one moment in, in time is so powerful. One hair on your hamburger can run a meal. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> so prayer Give them a moment, one moment a day, if you can. It's good. It's good. Let's talk about the next one. Praise. I wanted Praise. to, I wanted to actually, I'll let you start. I got a verse I wanted to go into, but yeah. talk about praise for a second. How's that? It, even uh, for an established believer, praise is vitally important as well as teaching a new believer to become established. You praise. Um, if you're going to join the army of God, and we hand you a sword in second Chronicles chapter 20, I believe it is Jehoshaphat. They, they led with praise. Mm. He put the praisers and the singers out front. And here's why, if you can teach a new believer, this that lead with praise, when you're going into a fight, give God praise. Um, the Bible says that he lives and inhabits the praises of his people. So he's in the praise, right? Yeah. So when in that story in second Chronicles 20, they came up over the hill after the praisers went before the army of God and all they found was dead bodies. Why was that? Um, is it because they were so victorious and they praised and God liked it? No, God lives in the praise. Mm. And when they put praise out front, they put God out front and God leveled the enemy. So whether you're a a seasoned believer or a brand new Christian, if you can learn that lifting up your hands and giving God praise when we're singing the songs or when you're on your own, God lives in that. He's, he fronts that. 
it, it becomes so powerful. That's why David said, I think it's Psalm 34, 1, uh, praise shall continually be on, yes. on my lips. He understood the power of praise. And um, praise gives you access to freedom. Mm. And if you live in praise, you live in freedom. Because yeah. the believer that's new that walks up front in a worship service that's struggling with stuff, and they're like, God, I... You know, and they lift their hands, even if they're saying, God, please, I need help. I just, the uplifted hand is a praise to God. That's, that's why the Bible says lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Uh, they begin to discover freedom from whatever they're struggling with. And if, and if the seasoned believer can live in praise, you, you'll live in freedom. That's good. So prison, praise. Prison doors open up, right? Yes. Paul and Silas. <laughs> if you don't believe that praise packs a performance, just ask them. They didn't whine. They didn't cry. The Bible says that at midnight, they just started singing the praises of God and it shook their prison cell. That's so good. Praise. Praise continue to be on my mouth. Praise is, um, it stills the enemy. Yeah. That's scripture. Yep. You know, it, it pauses the enemy where, where they are. I think that praise is something that, like I said before, it leads us into establishment, but it's also something that comes out of mm-hmm. being established. And I think of Colossians 2, 6 and 7, it says, and, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him, let your roots grow down into him. And let your mm-hmm. lives be built on him. That's the establishment, right? Yes. Be established in him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. And when I hear right. overflow with thankfulness, I think of praise. Like that's what. Yeah. So not only is praise leading me into that place of being mm-hmm. established, it's a byproduct of being yeah. established. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That then that there's that whole thing again of. The scripture referring back to roots, trees of righteousness. You know, in the beginning, yep. you, you're a sapling. You need braces. People tie cables to a little tree until it starts to grow down deep in its faith. And when it becomes established, it can weather any storm. And praise is part of that. That's so good. For sure. The next one and the last one is plant. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about plant. Well, you know, the Bible says Malachi chapter three, uh, nine through 11, uh, bring you all the tithe in the storehouse. People don't like to talk about it, but the Bible says that's what opens the windows of heaven. It's one of the only places in the word of God where God actually says, I, he didn't say I'll send an angel mm-hmm. heaven. will." he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You know, when you're new, I'm talking about being established in the faith. Don't you want God showing up for you? Mm-hmm. When he says, I will rebuke the devourer if you do this. So yeah. in order to be established, this has got to be part of your faith. Mm-hmm. I've heard of churches that you know, people have said, well, you know, my pastor never talks about money, never takes an offering, never talks about tithe. Why not? Yeah. It's in the Bible. Yeah. He says, wherein have you robbed me? Yeah. In tithe and offerings. So let's talk about establishment for a minute within that. Tithe opens the windows of heaven. That's what the scripture tells us. Then. The offering is the seed that we give to sow seed. Now, back in the 1800s, the way that they established the boundaries of their ground, like how much land you own, was how much seed you planted. Mm. So you have established all of this. It belongs to you because you planted it. Those are your fields. You planted seed in it. 
So to be established, you've got to have seed. And what we do a lot of times is we, we eat all our seed and we have nothing left to plant. So I talked about debt in this establishment series about how, you know, even if we get a little blessing from God or something, we eat all that up and we spend it all and we get mm. in debt. Now we have credit card debt. We have all this stuff. And we, and then we're left with giving God the leftovers, the little $5, $20 offerings. We can't sow into the kingdom like we want to, because it takes money to establish the kingdom. And I'll, I'll give you that scripture in just a second, but yeah. uh, you can't eat all your seed. You establish your ground based on the seed that you sow. So you have to give your tithe that opens the windows of heaven. Then you plant your seed. And the Bible says, Luke 6, 38, give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over mm. shall men give into your bosom. Uh, so the seed that you show, whatever measure you measure, that will be measured back to you. The Bible says some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. So to establish your life, because there's a reason why Jesus preached on money more than prayer and faith and heaven, all that combined. It's because he knew that it could, people would, it would own them. And if you get that straight as a believer, that my source is not man, my source is God. I've preached a series on how the world operates under a banner of scarcity, but yeah. we on, operate under a banner of abundance that yes. we look to God and we spend our lives working for money. So why wouldn't you teach a new believer? This is how to correctly go through God's program of establishment That's is good. that you tithe and then you plant seed. That's what establishes your ground. And then God blesses it. So planting is how you establish your life financially. Yeah. You put it in God's hands. Talk about getting to that place of trusting God. Like we talked about earlier in that first formula. Mm-hmm. That, that Malachi, he's literally saying, please trust me in this. He says, and, prove me. And, and what does that yeah. mean? You can't trust something unless it's been tried and true, right? Like you can't, right. you can't put your trust in something that you don't know if it's going to work. So no. it's like he, he's first, and, and he, it says that he provides seed for the sower. Yes. So you first have to prove yourself to be a sower. Right. <laughs> before he yeah. gives you seed, right? Yep. So you got to yep. give. Give first. It, it's Deuteronomy <laughs> eight eighteen. It says, "It is he who gives you the power to get wealth." Yes. And then it says, "So that my covenant will be established on earth." Yes. So he's not giving us wealth so that we can just drive a new, nice new car, a nice house. Those are the benefits we get to live off of. Because he said, "Give me the ten percent, and you can live off the ninety. Basically, mm. is what he's saying in the tithe. You get to live on the overflow. Yep. of how much seed you sow and how you give to God. I'm not preaching a prosperity message. I'm just preaching scripture. Okay. He said, I give you the power to get wealth so that my covenant can be established on earth. We live the byproduct of that blessing because God always gives overflow in the blessing. That's that's when he fed the 5,000, there were 12 baskets left that's over. They that's had that. leftovers with every miracle. That's how God operates. Yep. So he gives us power to get wealth because it takes money for me to run those buses that we do. It takes diesel fuel. It takes, and when he says, I give you the power to get wealth. Well, sometimes we've got to be willing to work for it. That's why we did three fireworks tents for 10 days and sweated it out. But we put 30 grand in the bank for the kids because he gave us the power to do that. And now we can use that to establish the kingdom so good. by running buses, paying for this, all that stuff. But to answer your question about getting to trust, 
you trust Christ when you come to the cross. And, and you don't say, if you really died for me, then please come into my heart and redeem me and save me. You say, I know, I believe. That's why Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, you got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's, That's right. how you get to salvation. Right. So in the same token, it's just like joining a team. Or if you enlist in the Marines, they're saying, all right, now, now that you're in this, you got to do X, Y, and Z, or it's dishonorable discharge. So when you come to Christ, getting that information, and it's okay for a new believer to kind of start out and be like, okay, I've, I've got to figure out how to walk in faith and I got to start giving my tithe. I always tell them, start somewhere, yeah. but, but get there. You put the same faith that you put on the cross in giving God your 10% and then sowing offerings. And I'm telling you, in 35 years, I've never seen someone that regretted it. I've seen people drop it and walk away. That's right. And they 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 did not have the same increase. They didn't even recognize that for the period of time they were tithing and giving, there was such increase in their life because mm -hmm. they were doing it God's way. Yeah. But we put that same faith that we put in the cross in saying, God, I have faith for my finances. Because check this out. Giving money is giving our life. We work right. for money, and that is our life. That's right. Because you don't have a life without money. You have no clothes. You have no food. You have no car, no house. So when you say, God, I give you my life, when you're giving him your tithe and your offering, you're saying, God, I give you a portion of my life. I lay it down. I worship you That's with good. it. And, and I give he the, is the best to. part of my day. I'm giving the sweat yes. from my brow 10, 12 hours a day, right? Right. That is who I am. That's the effort and the work that I'm putting in. That's my life. That is my life. Yeah. The yeah. life that I'm building for my family. And it's, you know, and I've, I've been in tithing for me was always, um, it always came pretty easy. Like as a kid, mm -hmm. I just understood. Sure. God gave me this. I'm going to give God 10%. I just kind of, yeah. it always clicked pretty easy for me. So I never really struggled with it, but I've seen a lot of people struggle with it and they, they do use that. Yeah. I don't have enough to give. Yeah. You well, know, either, and... either did the boy at with 5,000, right? He didn't right, have enough. That's true. Either did the either did the uh the widow <laughs> and the man right. of God, right? She yeah. didn't have enough either. <laughs> I, I see I don't see here's here's the kicker. I don't see any struggle from new believers. The struggle to tithe comes from mm -hmm. those who have set under preaching that Jesus paid it all. You mm -hmm. don't have to give. Tithing is of the old testament. This is how the kingdom advances. That that's there right. may be meat in my house, and meat is translated provisions. Good. So that we can win, you know, the king, the kingdom of God. So, but yeah, no, it's true. I new believers generally start tithing right away. Okay, this is what I need to do. All right, yeah. I'm all in. Yeah, it's the believers. I'm actually have, excited to expand yes. the kingdom of God, right? Yes, this is what I do. Okay, I'm all in. I, I join, <laughs> I put the jersey on. Yes. So I got to go to practice. I'm gonna run all the plays, not just the ones I feel are okay for me. That's this is so my true. truth. That's, uh, so that's true. That's a pile of I've crap, had man. so many mature christians try to talk me out of yeah the tithe but no no new believers have <laughs> that's exactly because right. they're just taking them at his word that's exactly right they're attending wow. practice and i'm gonna run all the plays because that's what the word says it really is a matter of seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness yeah. and Matthew all these things will be added to you right that's right it is and i feel like that whole single vision that we're called to have as christians being focused mm -hmm. on him it's the times that we 
allow our our vision to get scattered that we start questioning God's word with with, right. with the tithe and with all those things, right? Like, yeah, I don't have enough, or I, you know, I'm looking at everything but mm-hmm. Jesus. I'm looking at I everything had, but the King. I had a personal shaking that came against me. Yeah, and if I don't trust in that word to get me through and just keep keep on with the God side of things, seek ye first, then I'm shaking within the shaking. Can you talk about your your personal situation with health? and how you put these things into play yeah um let's see five years ago uh, i was attacked in my thyroid i had a goiter which was a swelling like i couldn't even eat a meal swallowing was hard for me and um i i prayed for god to heal me but sometimes when you pray for god to heal you it comes in the form of of wisdom to correct the root of the problem Mm. And so I, looking back on it, I'm crying out, begging, you know, God, please heal me. I believe your word, but the way he did it was to lead me to a doctor that corrected my, the things I was doing wrong in my life that literally set me on a path of greater health. Mm -hmm. And so then I get through that one storm. And then the next thing I know, I think it was 2019, uh, I was hit with melanoma and it was a, a very uh, challenging to say the least, because yeah. it was, you know, it was on my head and I was someone that really cared about what I looked like. I cared about, you know, my hair and, and a little bit of fashion and stuff like that. So it hit me hard in my heart because first doctors were telling me that it was going to be like this nine inch round circle on my head. And I'm like, wow. well, and it's deep. They're going to cut to the skull. And I'm like, my life is over. I don't, you know, how am I supposed to be in front of people? It was yeah. enemy's attempt to say, yeah, look what you're going to look like even standing in the pulpit, you yeah. know, and, and praying yeah. to God for second opinion. Another doctor came in and it, it ended up being a smaller, which still is, you know, it's large, just like a seven inch circle around, but uh, in such a way that I could, use my hair, you know, and I went through frustrations for months of what to do, how am I supposed to deal with this? But in, in the, uh, in the scheme of my faith, what I did was I fell back on this formula Mm. and I, I, I went to prayer every night. I would come to the house of God because I'm like, you know what, if I'm going to pray, I could pray at home, but I'm just going to go to his house, you know, where he, the place he chose to put his name and I would pray and I would speak scripture and I would stand on it. And then in that prayer, I, I would confess my confession of this is how it's going to be. Because the Bible says, uh, if someone speaks something, it shall be established. And, right. and then, that, you know, Mark, yeah, exactly. Mark eleven twenty three says that you'll have whatever you say when you pray. If you believe those things you believe you receive, uh, believe that you'll receive them, you'll have them. And so I would end my prayer, speak. I am going to come through this. I will not go through medication. I will not be less of a man because of chemotherapy or any of this stuff. I, I, God is going to heal me. My blood work will come back, you know? And so I had to walk into the surgery, uh, you know, where they, they did multiple surgeries that day. They, they cut my neck open here and went down into my shoulder and, and pulled out the sentinel nodes and, and lymph nodes at different points and it took me months to get 
feeling back. I still have some numbness in the side of my neck and ear, but I couldn't even lift a coffee cup for like six months because all those fanned out muscles in my neck were, mm. you know, so there was a plenty of time for the devil to shoot machine gun negativity and thoughts into my brain, all this going on. It's a couple of weeks after the surgery before they could call me and say, Hey, all your blood work is clear. And I, 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 always say i already knew that because i had spoke i stood on the word of god yeah i prayed i praised and i sowed seed i said god i'm i'm sowing this seed believe in god for my healing you know Good. that's the harvest i want and in that formula i i was i was brought through that storm you know i got a mark on me for the battle i went through but uh at the same time it's a testimony yeah. you know so yeah yeah, speaking the word of God and, and confessing, saying out loud, what you're going to have is powerful. That's beautiful. Cause I, I mean, I'll, I, I believe all three of those things were, were absolutely a, a pinpoint focus at different times. Cause you got to think too, yeah. with medical situations like that financially can, yeah. can, can destroy people, right? Like right. that could, that could shake people to a point of I'm done. My life's right. over. I can't afford to to move on or whatever. Yep. And I guess I'm not able to plant because the enemy stole mm-hmm. this. And so you right. start, you start thinking that way, but when you're standing and you're, you're established on the word mm-hmm. and, and like Jesus says, <laughs> do what I say. If, if you follow these, yeah. right, you will yep. be established. Right. Oaks of righteousness, oaks of yes. righteousness. Roots of your faith. It's you're That's established. So good. Yeah. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, man, that is, I'm, I'm believing that I, I love this message, these, this set of messages, because mm-hmm. it is for the, it's for the beginner. Mm-hmm. It's for the, the mature, you know, I've, yeah. I've been a Christian most of my entire life. Yep. And these are things that I want to continue to focus on yeah. and, and see that trust play out. Right. I want to take God at his word, man. Yeah. You know, no, it's true. And there's never a level where you, or you've attained because I always say like even Moses, I mean, look at all the miracles he saw, the <laughs> yeah. red sea parting, the plagues, after, the pillar after of running cloud, from God for so long, <laughs> pillar of fire, all these things, quail, manna. Yeah. And he's standing at the gates of the promised land, basically after 40 years. And God said, I don't want you to strike the rock this time. I want you to speak to it. And he's like, I don't know if I trust you that much. And he strikes the rock. He's still learning to trust. So yeah. we're we're all in any level, you know, walking out that trust for sure. That's so good. Well, hey man, would you mind would you mind kind of praying us out? Will you will you yes. kind of pray for the the listeners that uh, maybe are on this journey of yep. um, experiencing the storm, experiencing that shaking, and how it's it's never too late to to step yes. back into this thing. Yes. Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah. Father God, in Jesus name, I pray by the power of the Holy spirit and in the name of Jesus for, first of all, the believer that's in that information stage, they're skirting around this Christian thing and maybe even been raised in it for life, but they realize they've not made it to that trust, uh, part of, of the faith. And God, I pray right now that just like the prophet said, come out a little Mm. deeper. It was, it was ankle deep then to the knees. And then it was waters to swim in. God, I pray that you would call someone who's listening to this today into a deeper walk with you for understanding and knowledge, but then 
faith, God, and then trust. Maybe they're not trusting you, God, with uh, several areas of their life, maybe even financially, like we talked about, God, because they're afraid of the church that's taken advantage and the church world that has uh, squandered finances, God. Yeah. But I pray, God, in Jesus' name for that person to begin to hunger more. Holy Spirit, yes. speak to them and touch them in their heart right now to want to get into a place where the word of God is being preached in depth and that they are being established. I pray for established Christians out of this, Lord, and maybe a deeper walk with you in prayer or praise has just become something that is so common online that it's not powerful in our lives anymore. It's just a listening thing. I pray, Lord, they'd put those things into action. Right. And God, I pray for that person that's in the storm, God, whether it be a, a personal shaking or something that's close to them, or maybe their heart is crushed. Lord, you said in your word that you're close to those who are brokenhearted or crushed in spirit. And I pray they'd feel that closeness right now. But God, I also pray that you'd show hope, uh, a, a glimmer of hope, God, to those who are going through the storm. God, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's, there's uh, a clearing at the end of the storm. God, I pray that they would lean on your word. God, trust in your word and walk out that faith and that understanding, that knowledge that they've had. God, we pray right now in Jesus' name for someone to benefit from this, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, bro. What's um, what's the address of the church in Mays, Kansas? Five five zero one North Mays Road. Five five zero one North Mays Road. If you're in the yes. Wichita, Kansas area, um, come check it out. Got a absolutely got a fiery preacher behind the pulpit and a, a group of hungry people who are learning to trust God for yes. sure. Parkchurch.net. Yes. Parkchurch.net. Yes. Uh -huh. yes. Check them out online as well. Um, yep. Pastor Devin, I thank you. Yes, I thank you. you. Thanks for your time. And uh, love you much. We'll see you soon. I love you guys. Thank you.